In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Amaya Smith, who is the founder and CEO of Product Junkie, which is a natural hair boutique for women with curly and kinky hair. Amaya, welcome. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Product Junkie. Tell our listeners what uh, what the brand's all about and what you do. Sure. So I started Product Junkie almost two years ago, and I really had the idea way before then. So it was a long time dream finally come to fruition. And so I always wanted to create a space for women who wear their hair naturally curly, because I think in the beauty industry in general, there has always been a trend towards straight hair, even though lots of us have curly hair, especially um, generally like women of color, Latinx and black women, but there's not sort of spaces that really cater to that need. And so I started wearing my hair sort of curly probably shortly after college, and there was this huge natural hair community happening online, but they didn't really have a space to come together, buy great products, and share their love of products in a retail um, space. So I thought, why why not create one? Um, one of those people, if there's not a thing, why, why don't I build it, right? Entrepreneurs think crazy things like that. And so uh, we opened December in 2018 as part of a joint retail venture with my best friend and partner in a boutique called the Brown Beauty Co-op. And we've been retailing ever since and also have an e-commerce side to the store. Awesome. 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 So this is basically products that you, you curate from probably around the world. Is that correct? Yeah. So we have a mix of products that are at like different stages in their own um, business life. And so we have some products that, you know, you can find in big box stores that are much larger than us and retail them. We have a lot of independent brands, which are like smaller brands that are just starting off in the hair care industry, but haven't had an opportunity to test out their brand in a retail space. And we have some international brands as well, too, that cater to the curly hair market overseas. And so we really try to curate a nice mix of brands for customers and also bringing in some unique items and brands that you can't find at other stores is really kind of our big selling point. That's awesome. I know, of course, starting a business is always takes a lot of resilience and you know you have to put in a lot of work to be able to start a brand so congratulations on doing that i think as things have progressed none of us really expected you know a march time frame to come come and you know covid uh to uh, disrupt some of our plans uh how has your business been impacted you know by, by covid19 as i mentioned we really our vision was always brick and mortar store and so as an entrepreneur you know you get a lot of questions about whether your model is viable or whether this makes sense and especially if you're starting a brick and mortar everybody's in this day and age everyone's going to ask you why 
right? Like, <laughs> why do you need a store? Like, just sell things online. And so I was of the belief that, like, I still like retail. I shop at retail a lot. I know people who shop at retail. There's a lot of good retail stores who are still making a lot of money. And so, like, that, our concept was based on an in-store experience. And our store was created in a way that people could come in. They could hang out. They could try the products. We had an event, we had an event space. People were in here a lot, just mixing and mingling. So, yeah, like, COVID just smashed that whole <laughs> that whole. A community model essentially because there's there's no mixing and mingling right now right and so it was a huge challenge to figure out how to really pivot super super quick with the business because honestly I have been taking for granted the online aspect of the store we had sort of like a minimal setup of the store online and it wasn't really there wasn't a lot of love and thought put behind it it was just like let's let's have a website so people know we're here and I really counted on in-store traffic and foot traffic to come in and buy things and around end of March early April that was gone so it was a huge impact on the store especially with you know probably 90 to 95% of my sales were happening from people walking in the store to purchase things. I love what you're talking about as far as in-store experience, because I'm a big believer there too. Although I'll buy things online, like like some things on Amazon or other areas, but I like to go in and shop. I like the experience. That's what it's all about to me, at least. And I know a lot of people that are kind of in the same boat. So although right now we're kind of forced uh, in some cases to buy online, I think uh, a large portion of that, as soon as things open up completely, we're going to see that kind of come back come back to fruition. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I'm a visual shopper. That's how I like to interact with products and goods. Like I can buy online, but I'm always like, oh man, like I don't want to return this thing or, you know, what if it doesn't fit? And I think a lot of customers still want that in-store experience. So we created Product Junkie to be a um, in-store experience, oh, wow. brick and mortar, where people could come in and really try products, talk to other natural curly hair girls and people about like what works, what is, what's not working. Also to like find community, have fun. We're an event space as well. So we were throwing happy hours. People were hosting their birthday parties here. We also hosted a lot of nonprofits and other organizations around social good and like-minded community organizations. So so we really wanted to build and create in-person community. And that made it even harder to sort of think about pivoting in the COVID environment when our retail model was built on coming in store and experiencing the product and having someone face-to-face to really talk to you and explain to you about the different products and what you might need. Have you made changes to your business? And if so, like what, what are those changes been during these COVID days? I share the store with a partner and she had a lot of great ideas about pivoting. And so we uh, quickly sort of tried to create a lot of different channels for uh, customers to still access us and to also create that community online for people who still wanted to engage us but couldn't engage us in person. So we began doing virtual social hours. So it's sort of like a cocktail hour every week where you get to talk to some of our brand owners and founders and find out a little bit more about their story and the product that they make. We eventually moved to curbside pickup as well. So the store was closed, but you could 
come in and just pick up your product or we would walk it out to your car. We moved to delivery too. Like I never thought I would be a delivery driver, <laughs> but I'm out here with all the Uber Eats people. But instead I'm, I'm like, you know, dropping off like shampoo, conditioner and styling gel. <laughs> so every tool in our pocket that, you know, we could pull out to continue to engage customers, I've definitely done. I also had to beef up the online store a lot. I had to go in and sort of like really create a strong e-commerce store to be able to continue to bring in some revenue and move product during this time. And I'm glad that I was able to sort of get on that and make it happen because like shortly after COVID, we saw a whole movement around Black Lives And with that came the impetus to want to support Black-owned businesses. So, you know, we saw an uptick of traffic of people like wanting to find us and support us. And, you know, had I not, you know, created some infrastructure online, I wouldn't have been able to meet some of that demand and interest that was happening, especially like in the months of June. And by the way, I've been looking at your site. You've done a great job. It looks great. Really told your story well. Thank you. Don't mind any of the accidental typos. It's me at 12, 12 a.m. <laughs> editing the site. There's no copy editor. <laughs> well, that, that's what it takes, right? You're yeah. Computer, so that's what it takes. <laughs> what are some things, Amaya, that you, uh, you know, you, you've done a phenomenal job keeping things together and keeping it going. What are some um, examples or resources that you would recommend to other entrepreneurs? You know, there's still, you know, I actually talk to entrepreneurs, of course, every day and, and, and some some are very resilient like you and some are like, I was resilient for the first few months and now, you know, this is this is going to be the last straw for me. And of course, I try to give them encouraging words here. What, what, what advice do you give? I would say like find allies, find community, find partnership. Like I'm fortunate enough to have to, although I own my own LLC and business, I'm fortunate enough to own the store, to co-own the store with somebody else, which makes a huge difference to me because we split the rent. (laughs) So that makes a difference, right? And especially as like a minority small owned business where it's harder to get access to capital, sometimes pooling resources will get you there. And so I think, you know, having a partner or somebody who's also like hustling and in the struggle, you get a different, you know, you get more perspective and different ideas. So there were resources that she was finding that I wasn't finding. And, you know, we were able to like sort of share and really like follow, you know, sometimes separate tracks, but towards the same goal to really help and benefit the business. But like we were out there sort of like looking at all the grants, trying to figure out how to get any free money we could get, appearing on like every show we could, doing every single interview, sending out press releases. Like, you know, we did all the things. And because, you know, we bring different perspectives, I think it's a bigger resource. So, you know, find a community of entrepreneurs, find other entrepreneurs you can pair it with. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Like we are in a multi-unit building and our um, neighbor upstairs is a, a hairstylist. And DC passed the ordinance that landlords had to negotiate with tenants around rent and they had to cut you a deal. And our landlords did not tell our upstairs neighbor that they didn't tell us that either, but we found out online, you know, I found out doing some research. So I went and told our neighbor, right? And so that's like information, like he might not have had on his own. Right. And so, you know, I say like, don't go it alone. (laughs) 
you know, talk, talk to other folks and find community is definitely my advice for entrepreneurs in this moment. Cause like some people are going to make it through and they're, they're, it's because they know about resources that other people may not have access to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other part is exactly what you did. You, 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 to an extent, I wouldn't call it a pivot, but you added, uh, you went and beefed up your, you know, online ordering site. You got, you know, you told your story online as well, just as well as you're probably telling it in store. And so I think that's, that's probably complimented and, and got you to, to, to be able to continue to go uh, during these times. Definitely. Is there any like technology that you've implemented over this time that you think uh, has also helped you? I would say for everybody who's an entrepreneur, figure out the online ad game ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> it is a complicated nexus of all the big gigantic tech platforms that we all know and love. It is a huge learning curve, but it is where money is being made. And people who have figured it out and figured out the right algorithms and the right targeting and how to get to their audience are doing well, right? And, you know, different from a brick and mortar where, you know, our store is beautiful and lovely. But, you know, we can't talk directly to our customer through the store, right? We get foot traffic and maybe they're a shopper, but maybe they're going somewhere else down the block, right? As opposed to like online, like your shopper is your shopper and they're looking for you. And so you, your goal is to give them the easiest path of least resistance to find the thing that they want to buy anyway through you. And so I would say definitely educating yourself on like how online ads work, how Google, Facebook, YouTube, all of the things, Pinterest, Instagram, because there's just a lot of ways to make money and really like micro target and find your customers and realize that, hey, you know, there is a need for you. People are looking for you. And how do you like match to them? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I know mean, we talked about you started the business December of 18 and, you know, had a couple of years, well, maybe a year and a half now ish to uh, kind of grow the business. Have you seen any trends change on the consumer side, whether it's COVID related or not, but during this time that you started the business, any trends that you've seen change? That's an interesting question. The other thing I forgot, I did forget to mention one thing that we did. Another thing that we did for the business that was a pivot was we went to virtual consultation. So people can, can get a 20 minute consultation with us, either like Zoom, FaceTime, whatever you want. If you want to voice note us, whatever, whatever your comfort level is, we'll give you the in-store experience via that platform as well. So I would say like that's a key tool to like engage your customers directly for folks, a piece of technology, but an also another way to pivot and bring bring your in-store online as well too. Um, I would say as yeah, as far as trends, I think definitely for the beauty industry, there's like a lot of interesting movement happening because people are not really going outside and going to things anymore. <laughs> so that can be a challenge in the beauty sphere, but specifically for the hair care industry, a lot of people are still afraid to go to their stylists or they're not comfortable with going into the hairdresser yet. So the like DIY movement, I think is increasing even more because people are at least, especially people who have the privilege to be able to work from home and don't have to go out and be like an essential worker on the front lines every day, but they're still on Zoom. They want to like have, they want to look relatively decent on the call, right? So they're trying to figure out how to style their own hair 
and do sort of like the basics of beauty, even on a minimalist level, but in a way that they feel presentable and like are maintaining, you know, a regiment. So we're not all turning into hermits during this quarantine. So there's, so I would say there's definitely a trend for that. There's also a trend for like, similar to what I talked about with the consultations is like, because you can't get to an expert, like what's another way you can get to an expert, right? So people are like e-content is super helpful and interesting to like more than ever if you wanted to put together something to tell people how to sell style or create a look from home. People are very, very much interested in that. Or if you can give people advice over the phone or over Zoom, people get that experience as well and get some of that knowledge, but they don't have to feel like they have to leave their home or, you know, figure out sort of navigate sort of the world during COVID and, you know, step into an actual physical store beyond like people already feeling like you've got to go to the grocery store and do other things. Um, So I would say I I think there's definitely a trend towards that model. And I think, I think people are going to keep it going even as the world changes I think you're going to see people keep a lot of these customer experiences that, frankly, as brick and mortars, we should have been doing anyway, right? (laughs) Like COVID made us more flexible towards meeting our customer. But honestly, like customers were probably open to some of these aspects of the business period. And we might have been missing some people because we weren't inclusive and we took, took sort of a lot of these platforms and technologies and ways to communicate for granted. What advice do you have? Uh, you know, kind of any sort of last advice? I know you gave uh, great advice on you know, making sure you kind of get in your community, be able to talk to people. But any other last advice that you have for, you know, different brick and mortar operators that are trying to get through these times? Yeah, I would say, like, hang in there. <laughs> depending on depending on where you are, like, this too shall pass. Keep in mind that, like, your landlord kind of needs you too. <laughs> Like, I think, you know, before COVID, you know, we always had these really different power dynamics between like landlords and in commercial real estate and tenants where, you know, they rented you space and they acted like they were doing you this big old favor, (laughs) even though like you were, you were paying rent, right? Now it's like, you know, like think about the fact that like these people are businesses, landlords are businesses as well too. They don't want to see everybody leave, right? And so I'd like advise people to like use that as leveraging and negotiation and figure out like what that looks like because I don't think brick and mortar is going to go away. And I don't think cities and city living and walkable shopping is going to go away. I think it's going to change. And those people who are able to survive and pivot will hang in there and really rich investors are going to come and swoop up everything. So like hang in, <laughs> hang in as long as that's my belief, but hang in as long as you can. And also, you know, talk to your landlord and see like what you can do to like figure this out, because I think it's mutually beneficial for most folks and they're trying to hang on to as many people as they can. Yeah, totally. I actually talked to a, a mall operator that was saying, they're actually thinking, you know, brick and mortar is going to come back and come back stronger, but just in smaller footprint stores, right? Like more entrepreneurs, more small companies are going to, they're basically going to have to slice up these stores to be smaller and, and give people more opportunities to be able to be entrepreneurs. So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's great. Uh, get people like yourself kind of more exposure into, into more people and get your brand to flourish more than, you know, kind of the, the larger box stores, if you will. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And I think you'll see more people do something similar to the model that we've done where we're sharing space. We've created like a cooperative brand and, you know, it's a different, it's a different model of retail as well. And so I think you'll see people having to sort of like readjust what we think about commercial real estate and commercial retail, but I think it'll come back in a different way and it, and, and it can be better as well too. Makes sense. Makes sense. Amaya, before I let you go, as a wealth of information. Thank you. Before I let you go, any cool places that you, uh, you know, once travel opens up that you would recommend people uh, visiting in the DC area? Hmm, that is a good question. I'm trying to think. Outside of your store, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I would say one of our sort of like sister or friendly stores is a store called Nubian Human, and it's located in the Anacostia, Southeast DC, which is east of the river, which is a majority black community, which is kind of like building and a new like invigoration of the community and has like a lot of cool spots there. And people will say, don't go there because it's a black community, but don't believe them. <laughs> go go hang out at Anacostia, and they have an they have an art center which Nubian Human is a part of, and they're like an awesome, amazing store that sells different items made by like other black-owned businesses as well, and curates a lot of stuff. So they're a great spot. I'm trying to think of anything else. It's so hard. I feel like we used to be outside all the time in the streets. <laughs> hanging on and and so many things like honestly a lot of businesses in dc have closed and a lot of kind of spots spots have have closed as well too but it's still it's still like a super fun city to go to like all the monuments are outside and walkable so i think for that reason like you know people will still continue to flock to dc and you know be on their segways scooting around the monuments um, because it's still <laughs> it's still like su- super accessible to find things to do like outside as well too so that's awesome amaya thank you for your time appreciate you being on the show i know you're gonna help a lot of our listeners uh hearing your story and and keep staying resilient during these times thanks for talking to me absolutely absolutely have a great rest of your day all right you too Bobby. thanks for tuning in to this episode of brick and mortar reborn To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com. 